0: Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley and with me is Derek Spest. Hey, hello. Happy New Year, Derek. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. Another another uh, New Year holiday season passed and done.
1: Yes, I can't wait to get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> I came to work for a holiday. Yeah, I hear you. I was there today.
0: Started back this week.
1: I start back tomorrow. When this is published, I'm at work.
0: Uh, yeah. We, got, yeah, we got home from, uh, our winter camping and, uh, unloaded, pretty much cleaned up as much as we could, went to bed. The morning this alarm went off and I was like,
1: <laughs> no, oh, I don't I'm go. not ready. Yeah, don't make
0: me go. <laughs> I didn't want to go to school, mommy.
1: Yes, this was, uh, today was the first day back for the kids. Well, they're not in school, but they're in all day daycare. Today was the first day back and, uh, getting up them up this morning was like. <laughs> They were they were not having it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well it's that time of year anyway. Yeah.
1: Well it's the first time they've been woken up this early in a week and a half or so. Getting so. back in the routine. They should know this. Yeah, we should have started a couple of days ago. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't have stopped.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh you had your dad up for New Year's? Yes. Yeah. Uh, he so dad was up uh visiting my sister in Ottawa, my brother here in the area and, and me in the area and and uh so I just uh dropped him off at the plane this morning and so he had a nice uh two weeks visiting family. So it was good to have him around. Cool. Mm-hmm. It was nice. Well we uh
0: we went camping. I we went up to Mu Mew, uh, Mew Lake in Algonquin to do the hot tenting thing. It was Tracy's first real um winter camping Exposure. Yep. And she got the full-on exposure. (laughs) (laughs) What were the temperatures like? When we got there, it was minus 21. Uh, We got up there the Saturday, the 29th, and uh, it was minus 21. The uh, 30th, 31st, they were mild, single-digit negatives, Mm -hmm. uh, the Celsius. Uh, Then it went down, when we were coming out New Year's Day, it was going down to like minus 18 again. And then the second today, uh, was, I think they said it was getting down to minus 27. Yeah. So, and it was colder before we got there too. hmm But, uh, yeah, it was, it wasn't too bad. Those are pretty decent temperatures. You know what? Not too bad. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've had the, they definitely had the colder temperatures, uh, the, the last couple of years there that was what minus 41 year, minus 35 last year. So we didn't get any of that, but that was family day too. Mm-hmm. Um, the one was family day. The other was new year's last year. It got really cold.
1: New year's last year was minus 33.
0: Yeah. Cause I was <sighs> up family day last year yeah. and it wasn't that bad.
1: No, no.
0: Well, it got chilly, but not minus, mm-hmm. yeah, not minus 30 or anything like that. Yeah. So yeah, Tracy, uh, you know, we, we got a spot and, uh, it was right across from the hockey rink. Oh, yeah? Right across from the comfort station, nice. right across by the warming tent. <laughs> or like we couldn't, we couldn't have done any better yeah. on that site for Sweet. somebody's <laughs> first time yeah. winter camping, right? Now this is a, a campground. They only have one campground in Algonquin Park open over yes. the winter, right? Yeah, exactly. So now we were talking to one of the rangers, Harvey there. And uh, first off, a big shout out to all the the park staff in Algonquin you like this weekend. It was they do a bang up job there, Uh, keeping everything clean, keeping the especially the ice rink. They're up at six o'clock in the morning, getting that shoveled and watered and ready for the day. They do the floods and all that, Uh, getting it all ready for the kids. Getting make sure the warming tents all stocked with wood and that, so you can uh, throw it into the stove. And there's a big fire pit outside, all ready to go. So, you know everything's cleaned and everything. Hats off to them for doing all that, especially even the winter.
1: It's a lot of work. I was, uh, I've been watching some of the uh, updates that they are posting when they are starting to create the ice rink and, and smooth the surface, flood it, smooth it out and keep it shoveled and stuff like that. Plus everything else that they have to do, they have to get ready and keep every, all the campsites cleared for all yeah. the campers. And so it's, it's a, it's a lot of work. Yeah. They actually plow the campsites. Yeah. Which is something, not right
0: down to the ground. No, you know, but, but, but they. Cleared enough. Yeah. So you don't get stuck trying to get in and out. No. We've, uh, we had (coughs) probably three inches of ice. Oh yeah? That we were on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we went up on the the Saturday morning. We got up there about nine o'clock, 10 o'clock. And, you know, we were going to spend the four days, three nights. It was first, Tracy's first time actually winter camping. Now we went up at Halloween to test out the The tent to make sure everything was working and it snowed overnight. Mm -hmm. Technically that wasn't winter camping. (laughs) What did she think about (laughs) it? She thought it was great. Yeah. She learned that it's a lot more work than summer camping.
1: Oh, tons more.
0: You know? Uh, Yeah, it it really is. And when you're summer camping, um, like if you're on a canoe trip or something like that, you're back there and you've got all the outdoors to sit Mm -hmm. in. Yeah. You know, and if it's raining, you've probably set up some sort of tarp system, exactly. right? So you're not stuck in your tent.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: When you're winter camping, you know, if you're hot tenting, yeah, you're probably going to be doing everything in your tent. Now mm-hmm. we've just got a 10 by 10 Esker canvas hot yes. tent, right? Um, So we're sitting in there and you're doing everything in that little well, space. Well, yeah, like <laughs> so, preparing meals. And, yeah. Yeah. So of course I'm used to doing all this by myself. So I've got stuff situated a certain way that fits one person. Yeah. But with two people, you you're, you can't be moving around as much as you do. So it's like, okay, you need to grab me this. You need to grab me that you need to grab me this. And then, okay, I've got this stuff over here. And then you, you know, you're making your dinner and stuff like that. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, you know what, like she's starting to get into the swing of all that sort of thing. And, um, uh, I usually have my stove tray on. If you're looking at the stove, it's on the left. Yep. But for this time, because we had stuff over there and when I put it on the right side this time and had to get used to that sort of thing. So we're just tweaking things for two people set up as yeah, opposed to exactly, just, yeah. just me. It's, it doesn't look like as much of a palace with just <laughs> with two people in there. So yeah. And it's just doing all that extra stuff, the keeping the stove all the time and all that she's realized how much extra work winter camping is.
1: Yeah. So. But it's not, it's, it's not a, you know, it's, it's more work. It's more time, but it's, it doesn't mean it's less fun. Oh no, it, no. Like a, I, I, you know, some people says, what do you do with your spare time and whatever? What are you talking about spare time? Yeah. <laughs> and you
0: know what? A lot of it is just keeping the stove going. Exactly. Making sure you got the wood yep. ready, you know, cutting yes. in it. And especially, I mean, Algonquin is notorious for its wet wood. I yeah, mean it's a unfortunate. It's a complaint I've heard yes. every year for the past yeah. billion years. Mm-hmm. You know, Algonquin's wood is just wet. Yeah. All the time. So, of course, you're situating the wood around the stove far enough away that it's not going to catch fire, close enough that it's going to keep warm <laughs> To dry it start out, start drying yeah. it out sort of stuff. Melt the so, layers of
1: ice off the wood.
0: And- it, so it's it's, start, it's stuff like that. Just the little things that keep the tent going and stuff, you know, making sure you got, if you're going to go out for the rest of the day, because sun goes down like 4.30, yeah. you got your little, like we we have these pop-up lanterns that hang, Okay. the LED lanterns. So you got those hung up and ready to go because you don't want them hanging all day because if you move around, you're constantly bashing your skull off of them. Yeah. So getting that stuff ready so that when you come in, all you got to do is pop those open sort of thing. and um, Yeah, knowing which food is where and, you know, sitting down trying to make meals and that in there. Now, there are people that are out doing all their meals outside as well, but uh, it's just too cold to be sitting out there and trying to do stuff and gloves and... And all that, and if,
1: and it's like, oh! If, if I'm cooking over the fire, if I'm making hamburgers or hot dogs or something, like that, then that's fine. Mm-hmm. But if I'm trying to boil water, like you could boil water inside in like 10 or 15 minutes, or you could boil it outside in like half an hour. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're fighting the cold, right? Well, so and I've, its
0: I've gotten to the habit of on that tray, I keep a, a pot filled with water. Just like always. Like coffee be. pot. Yeah. So it's always at least... You know, uh, it's almost boiled water. So if I want it completely boiled, I just move it right onto the stove, Mm. right? And I usually keep it half and half. Yeah. So at least it's staying hot. Exactly. And just keep an eye, make sure it's it's full. Because that way, anytime you come in, you're cold, you want a hot chocolate or a coffee or whatever. Yeah. You got hot water ready to go, right? Yeah. Um, In the mornings when you get up, I have that pot, I move it right over. So that when I'm getting up and I'm putting wood on to get that fire going in the morning, get the chill out of the air, then by the time that's all going and you're up and ready and you're getting all your stuff for breakfast ready, your water's boiled. Yeah, you're ready for coffee. You know, you're ready for coffee, you're ready for oatmeal, all that sort of stuff. So you really have to organize your stuff that way. Yeah. um, Just because otherwise you're sitting there and, okay, well, now I've got to wait 15 (laughs) minutes for my water to boil (laughs) so that I can make oatmeal And, and a hot chocolate and you're doodly, doodly. Yeah, it's doodly always doodly
1: best doodly to be doodly. doing five things at once. You
0: know what? And yeah, when you start getting into the habit of it, that it's easy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so she got on with that. And uh, once we, she got into that. it wasn't too cold. Cause that's the one thing I'm thinking all the time is cause we have this bunk bed set up in there now. Yes. And on the bottom part where I am, it's cooler. Yes. Cause all the hot air rises. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm sitting there and I wake up at about three in the morning and I'm thinking you know, it's getting kind of cool. I should throw some, I'm, it's not cold yet. Like I'm still comfortable, but I better, just so she doesn't get cold mm-hmm. and then I'm throwing logs on her. She goes, oh my God, it's so hot in here. <laughs> and I'm like, but I just threw the logs on. And it's like, oh man. And then watching a couple times that, you put the logs on, you're like, okay, they're not catching, they're not catching. And then all of a sudden you see the dial on the thermometer go <laughs> right up and all it of a caught, sudden it the, caught. The, bo- yeah, the bottom uh, portion of the stove pipe <laughs> is starting to glow so you got to shut everything down yeah. to you know calm that fire down. And of course, I'm down there going, ooh, it's hot in here and she's up there going, oh my God.
2: Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the hot air I'm rises. i dying. And, well, and then,
0: you, you know, if your socks, her socks are, are wet at one point so we yeah. hang them up uh, around the uh, top, I got the rope yep. right at the exactly. peak there. clothesline. And you, you, you put them up there for a bit with some clothespins and when they're dried, it's just like coming out of a dryer. You just <laughs> put those on. Same with gloves yep. and all that, right? Toasty. You, you do your dishes and stuff like that. You get your cloth, you put them up there to to dry out and they dry in no time. Yeah. So that, that all works out. So uh, yeah, we, there are a lot of people up there that we know. Now, uh, one of the uh, the staff guys was saying like five years ago, there was maybe... 10 people up camping over the week, the new year's long weekend, yeah. something like that. And all of a sudden it has just taken sold off. sold out. Yeah, There was so many people up there. It was like ridiculous. I think
1: people are starting to realize and appreciate the winter camping aspect of camping. Yeah. Right. And uh, I, like I've been winter camping for years, but it, you've, as I've seen in social media and stuff, it's like, it's really taking off. There's a lot more people becoming more and more interested and and for me, like I, I, I like, car camping winter camping mm-hmm. it's easier and yada 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 it's easier to get the kids out but uh it's getting crowded enough that I'm starting to think uh, I gotta do more backcountry campings you know? yeah
0: I I enjoy the backcountry camping because you just throw your your tent and your stove and your gear on yeah. the toboggan and off you go sort mm-hmm. of thing you set up your tent and your my my setup would be like a, a mansion for one person backcountry yeah because you know, I'm not bringing all the extra sort of stuff,
1: right? Yeah, you're not going to bring your hardwood floor. and. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: and um, yeah, so you know what? Yeah, you throw three, a few people in there and camp back country and yeah. you're out for the day. And I like it it's it's a white canvas because it lets the light in. So if it's too cold to yes. go outside or whatever, you can sit inside and you, you know You don't feel like, like you're in a cave. Yeah. And that's yeah. the
1: problem with mine. I have one of those old uh, uh, US military bell military tents. tents it, yeah. So it's green. got the green thick canvas on the outside, yeah. the white canvas on the inside, no light gets in. It's, yeah. you, you could be the brightest, sunniest day, middle of the day and it's like pitch black inside.
0: And you've always got your, your headlamp on or whatever. It's, exactly. It yeah. just, yeah, it just takes it out of you. I yeah. find it really drains your energy mm-hmm. being in a dungeon.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. like using that tent anymore. It's, it was nice at, at first because it was cheap and I yeah. could get me out there, we could do stuff and spend a lot of the time outdoors but after I've been in a couple of people's tents where it's just the white canvas, it's like, oh, this yeah. is amazing. You could see in the middle of the day. <laughs> well,
0: and that's, that's exactly what I like about it. Yeah. Is, is yeah, you, huge you just difference. sit there and, uh, um, do whatever you want and you don't need your headlamps on, you don't need la- yeah. lamps on at exactly. all. Yeah. And you just, you know, have a nice day. So we, uh, we set up the tent and everything. And, uh, of course, like I say, I've got the, the the wood floor and all that and set everything up, got all our gear in there and we walked around the campground and met a lot of people that we knew said, hi, you know, let them know we were here, what site we were on, all that sort of stuff. We checked out the warming tent. We checked out the, the, um, uh, rink and all that sort of stuff. We took a little hike down to Mew falls and all that sort of stuff. Now, Mark Rubino, Mark in the park. Him and his uh, girlfriend showed up. And, oh, he uh, was up there. Right? Yep. But it he was just came up,
1: a day trip or something, right?
0: Yeah. He came up for a day trip and um, he uh, came over and, yeah, he's, you know, I'm going to, cause he's not big on the, the campground camping. Mm-hmm. He always prefers the backcountry. Yeah. And he came up and uh, we did the trips to Mew Falls. We did a little hike through there. We nice. walked around the campground and showed him different stuff and he checked out our setup and. Uh, they stayed up long enough. We had a couple of beverages and did dinner and all that sort of stuff. Listened to a bit of the, the leaf game. And, uh, then they, uh, parted, went home, but was the, they were staying in uh, Huntsville at the comfort inn. Oh, okay. Nice. So they went back yeah. there and stayed the night and, uh, boogied on home the next day. But we, we went out the next day and we did a couple of hikes and stuff. We checked out the visitor center and. They got a nice view from, uh, from the deck of the visitor center in Algonquin.
1: Oh yeah. Overlooking that valley, the, the, the bog and the Creek and, and all that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a really nice view back there.
1: They picked a good spot for the uh, visitor center.
0: Yeah. So we, we did that. We just, you check it, and that's what you do when you're, when you're there. You know, and it makes, it's fine because you, there are certain things that you can just hop in your truck and drive down and do all these different trails and yes. see the, yeah. the gray jays and the chickadees yep. and the nuthatches and the squirrels and all that sort of stuff and. Um, I know there's a lot, a lot of people that aren't big on feeding the animals and stuff like that, but they're just waiting for you to come through because you know so many people have done it. Mm-hmm. There's just certain sections where all the animals are sitting yeah. there, all yeah. the birds, and, and especially with the little kids that you know you, they have uh, seed or nuts or sunflower seeds exactly. or something on yeah. their hand, yeah. and they all come up and have these little birds landing on their hands. It just just totally sends them over the moon, right? <laughs> yeah, which you know and. It's a double-sided coin, you know, you're feeding the animals, but you're, you're probably setting your, these little kids up for a lifetime of enjoying this sort of stuff.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so just, we, yeah. Drawing in all the animals and doing the wrong thing. Really. Yeah.
0: Unfortunately. But, so yeah, we went up. Uh, we, we did that and uh, came back and made uh, haunted sausages for dinner.
1: Haunted sausages?
0: My, uh, I posted a video on our Facebook page. Um, sitting there, we, we cut up some sausages, put them in a pot. Now my pot, the pot I was using was a bit warped, I guess at the bottom. Oh, okay, now I know right? what you're talking about. <laughs> so I put it, I put the the one well, two pots with sausage in it on the stove, and uh, also I'm hearing this. And it sounded like an old car or something, yeah, right? Yeah, Model A Ford, Mumsy Ford. Uh, with the hissing yeah. going from the the sausages, it sounded like an old Model A or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Going, I'm just like, what's what's going on? <laughs> so I look over it and the whole pot's just shaking yeah. back and forth, right? <laughs> there was some science involved there because, you know, we're a science show. Yeah. So we did that and, you know, had some dinner. Dinner took a little bit longer than you hope because it always does cuz it's not like you got this the same temperature flame going like you do on a Coleman stove or something like that right yeah it's not predictable yeah. So it depends on what the wood is that you've got in there. And so all of a sudden it's, you got your temperature and it's cooking fine and then it starts to drop. So you got to put more wood. Then it goes up. <laughs> yeah. Then you're burning it. So that you're eating cold. it raw or you're eating it burned. Your yeah. choice. <laughs> How do you like your sausages? Raw or burnt? <laughs> it's your third choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Starve. <laughs> So we did that, and then we went out, and everybody seems to gravitate towards the uh, big warming tent and fire at the end of the night. Well, it's
1: right there by the arena. It's it's sort of a natural gathering place.
0: It is. You know, uh, rather than sitting at somebody's site or whatnot, you're sort of away from all the other people that are there. And, you know, whoever wants to come way over there can...
1: Exactly. You're yeah. not, you're not always thinking, oh, I'm, um, if I visit these people, I'm disturbing them or whatever. It's just, you gather at the warming tent and everybody gathers there. It's just a big, uh, a group, sit around the fire,
0: enjoy it, whatever. Right. Yeah. And then everybody does and everybody, you know, you bring your hot chocolate or whatever you're drinking and, uh, come on over and have a nice chat. And everybody talks camping, everything like camping, winter, yeah. summer, canoeing, mm-hmm. kayaking, you name it. They're, they're talking about it. Uh, the animals, the the hikes they did that day, how their kids are enjoying it. And there's one thing I'll say about the kids. When you're camping in the summer, and this is one of the, the, the things that I I don't um, like about um, summer camping at a campground. We always told our kids, we taught our kids, you know what? There's a certain point. People are still sleeping first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're on your summer holidays and all that, and it's a campground, but you know, that doesn't mean you need to scream at the top of your lungs at, at 6.30, 7 in the morning. <laughs> yes. Save that for at home. Uh, so sometimes it gets really, really noisy and you usually find it's a lot of the kids and the dogs and stuff like that. Yeah. Winter camping, there was kids there, but like you wouldn't know it.
1: They're a bit more subdued.
0: Yeah. And a lot, they spent a lot of their time on the ice rink too. Yeah. Uh, so you know what, yeah, it's, it's, it's great that you're not sitting there at six o'clock in the morning, and you're waiting for some kid to start screaming up and down the road on a bicycle and he's, yeah. he's, just not, you know, that's your, your other crazy neighbor Yeah. and yeah. So you know what, it was, it was cool to do that. And then, you know, all the kids are, they're around during the day, but in the evening, it's sort of the adult time. Cause they all just go to bed or they're sitting in their hot tent and relaxing and all that sort of stuff. So we spent some time around the warming fire and stuff like that and did teach Tracy a lot on the weekend about winter camping. Okay. Like the wood stove and how it works and, you know, how to put the wood in and the, the little adjusting on the front for the air and everything like that. Your the sleep setup that we had, you know, here's why you want to do it this way as opposed to this way. Yeah. You know, cooking on the stove and especially haunted sausages. <laughs> Uh, The boiling of the water, how long stuff actually takes compared to what you'd think it would take. Exactly, yeah. It really is a bit longer. Uh, Keeping things from freezing, like your drinking water, (laughs) you know, taught her all the necessities. And she, you know what, she was picking it up and she was enjoying herself and uh, New Year's Eve, oh, uh, New Year's Day, New Year's Day, we were going to go out and do a couple of hikes and stuff like that and we'd Got up in the morning. I had a bit of a sinus headache, so I was just gonna let that, you know, um, drain. I, I'm prone to the headaches, right? And with all the stuff that comes from the fire, yeah, and all exactly. that sort of stuff. So I was uh, sitting there and I started reading my uh, Frank Wolf book, oh, Lines yes. on a Map. Yep. Yeah, I started reading some of that and um, almost done, by the way. Okay. So, <laughs> have you read yours yet? No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Derek's book club. Another book not read by Derek. So I started reading I bought three of those books this year. (laughs) Well, I gave one to you and I gave one to Mike and one for myself. I wonder if Mike's read his yet. I don't know. I'll have to ask him. We'll have to find out if (laughs) if Sean's the only one doing Derek's Book Club.
0: (laughs) So we, Tracy pulls out her knitting. She brought her knitting just in case. I'm thinking, you're not going to have time to do any knitting. (laughs) So we actually sat there with a couple of hot chocolates. I was reading my book. She was doing some knitting. We'd pull out some munchies and we'd just snack a bit and do some more reading and some more knitting and yeah. another hot chocolate and sort of things. And next thing you know, like half your day is gone. Oh yeah, exactly. And you know what? It was, it was something that we don't get to do at home. Just we're, sit
1: and relax and. Yeah. When we're yeah. at
0: home, we're always on the go. Mm-hmm. But when we were there, it's like, you know what? We could hear everybody at the ice rink. We could hear people walking and a few people came by. Hey, you guys there? Yeah. You know, just open up the zipper and yep. have a little chit-chat sort of thing. And then they're on their way and yeah, you go back to reading and knitting. And it was nice just to sit there and do nothing.
1: Yeah. You know, you sit there. Well, oh, that's, that that's one of the, my favorite things with camping, right? Yeah. Especially, you know, it, less so winter camping because there's always something to do. But yeah. summer camping, it's just, it's the thing. It's just to turn your brain off and yeah. and do nothing. Well, summer camping, I
0: find that I'm... On the water in the canoe a lot, yep. or I'll sit there and if I am, I'm by the fire in a chair, you know, relaxing, that sort of yes. thing. But outside. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking, well, if you're winter camping, yeah, you, you're there to be outside in the winter. But there's something to be said for just be sitting in your tent, Yeah. leaning back in your chair. Enjoying and just, the
1: warmth of the nice, the, the, wood, the, the stove wood stove. stove, and- yeah.
0: And you know, it just... Relaxing, yeah, not doing anything, shutting exactly. your brain off, had yeah. a little chit chat about you know this that and the other thing, and and doing nothing, and then later in the day we got up and yeah, I think we better go out for a bit get the stink <laughs> blown off of us, and we did a little walk around the the campground and yeah. saw a couple of people, and I took her over to uh, um, Sarah and Sophia were in a uh, their canoe in okay, they were in a uh, a yurt for the weekend so we went and uh, oh that's nice
1: they got a year did they? yeah
0: yeah yeah she had uh her brother and sister-in-law up and her friends well, were they up had, and a couple uh, kids up
1: they had trouble last year with uh couldn't get their wood stove going they couldn't yeah, be, stay one warm of those in the tent. princess auto stoves yeah just those, get those it up are horrible it. so yeah so i guess she uh I sh- she decided to do the earth this year which is a good idea yeah. you get the you know, base you get heaters their base heaters and you can always keep it warm and yeah, so
0: we went over and so Tracy could see what the inside of a yurt looked like, and yeah. uh, Johnny Stinson was there, so we went and showed her what his tent looked like on the inside. He's got one of the old canvas prospectors. It's a oh, thinner, okay. a thinner one. Yeah. It's only like nine feet across or something like that, mm-hmm. eight feet across yeah. or something. Uh, so yeah, showed a different a different uh, setups yeah. of different tents and stuff. And we cool. had a nice walk around and yeah. and and stuff like that, and. Um, Went out and checked out the Mu Lake airfield and came back and it was time for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a good day. That was chilly, chilly for dinner. So that was just a heat up thing, yeah. right? in a pot and did the heat up thing. And then we went out and uh, joined everybody. It started snowing and it was supposed to get to, they said up like eight to 12 inches okay. of snow. Thinking, okay. That's going to be quite the shovel out the next day. But then they said there might be some rain. Well, it ended up being really wet snow, and I think we oh. got maybe three and a half to five inches yep. of, of wet, heavy snow. Um, so yeah, we could have made snowmen all day long. Yeah. So everybody's standing around the fire, and the wet snow is coming down. So you're getting wet, you know, because it just sits and melts and- Yeah, exactly, yeah. That sort of thing. But then there's the warming tent, and that was pretty packed as well. So, you know, come New Year's, everybody's doing the Happy New Year stuff, and- Um, some champagne went around that sort of thing and it was a good time, you know, everybody does the countdown and there's a countdown inside, there's a countdown outside. (laughs) They seem to be about a second off from each other. So, yeah, so we did the big New Year's thing and, uh, then, uh, headed home and, um, I got in a fight with our, our bed. Um, yeah, it popped out the, it it fits in these the pole, the side pole fits into yep. this thing and it just popped out somehow. And it's so tight that you can't get it back in without oh. tearing down the whole thing. Huh. So anyway, that's another story for another day. Um, then the next day, New Year's day got up. We slept in. No, no reason we need to be up early to tear down and leave. Yeah. But they did the, they're, they're starting this yearly onesie race. Ah, uh, I saw the video of that. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Stinson in his Speedo yeah. again. Yeah. Uh, we was getting down my, but minus 19, 18, 19, oh. and he's in his speedo. Well, he did else. it
1: last year at minus yeah. 33. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and this year it was, but it took so long to get the race going. And we're it, just like, oh, I don't know if they're doing it on purpose or or what the deal <laughs> Drag with. it at the start. Drag it out. <laughs> Watch <yeah>. them freeze. <laughs> and yeah, so they did that. And then they had, uh, one of the park vehicles has the lights and the, the sirens. Oh, okay. So, of course, Harvey, who's there, who's the park, uh, warden there, he says, ready, three, two, one. And then all the whoo, woo, woo, woo the, the alarms start going off and everybody runs on down, you know, <laughs> their own speed sort of thing. And there's no real prizes or anything like that. It's just, yeah, it's just. You won. Yeah, and everybody, and everybody's rights. wearing, yeah, some sort of ones, yeah. right? So that was a lot of fun to do that. And then, uh, yeah, everybody sort of splits up and that's, everybody heads back to their sites to, to clean up, pack up and. And mm-hmm. head on home. There was there were still a couple of people that were hanging around. Uh, they didn't leave actually till like today. Yeah. Um, there was been people there. Well, the the, the camping family, the Sontags, the they, Son were tag, they were there. They were there. It's before
1: Christmas. Twenty first, twenty second. Eleven days. Yeah, they were there and a then, long time. Yeah, that must have been a nice vacation. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Yeah. So yeah, they were they were doing that. The only thing is is when you get the melts and the rain and stuff like that. Yeah. Over all that time. Yeah. Then they find out. Oh we have an electrical site and our extension cord is now buried under two inches of ice. Yeah, <laughs> Good luck with that, folks. <laughs> I'll be that way if you don't need me. <laughs> so, yeah, so the, every it, there is a lot of different things that happened. and uh, Yeah. But, yeah, so after that, we went back to our site, started packing everything up, loading everything into the truck and uh, um, heading home and that sort of stuff. So there's still some things that we have to tweak to get the maximum use out of our space in our yeah. tent. You know, uh, change... the. I put the barrel, like my bear barrel, right? Or my yeah. my gear barrel. I I put next to the uh, the head of the bed there to just where all our gear is. Yeah. But I'm thinking like if we have two of those square like rubber made totes, we can put one with gear, one with food, and maybe stack them that way and it gives us more room to do yeah. stuff, maybe get an empty one that we could pile our jackets and stuff in just to keep stuff neater.
1: Do you see, can you tell if your setup is, uh, easily configurable to do a backcountry trip without the vehicle? It would, it wouldn't be all that gear. No, you'd leave someone home, but have you thought about that? Have you. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, it'd be just the tent, it'd be the stove Yeah. and then like my sleep system and food. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's more than doable, uh, with the tent and that, that I've got, um, But like I say, if we're car camping, I can take everything in a kitchen sink if I got room for it. Yes. Right. So, but there are some tips and stuff and ideas I've picked up, uh, this weekend, pre cooking your meals at home so that you just have to reheat at camp.
1: Yeah. You know, that's a brilliant idea. I I, uh, when I, when I, uh, in the past, when, well, couple times with you and some of the other boys when we've gone is like you, you bring, I I remember I brought a pre-cooked jambalaya and so you just bring different stuff that's already pre-cooked. You just got to warm it up. Like, you know, like uh, Mike Burns, he likes to bring his, uh, Lori loves Mike, uh, English mu- egg oh, muffins, eggs. egg and spinach muffins and stuff. And mm-hmm. so that way you're not really cooking, you're just reheating all the time. Right.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's what we did with, I mean, the sausages were, were fresh. Yeah. Mind you, they were. They were thawed until we put them in the cooler thing and hopefully that'll stay, keep Hopefully them the cool. cooler will stop them from freezing. Yeah, no, it didn't. They were still, they were semi-frozen. Yeah. So, you, I mean, you cook those, right? And that took a while. Yeah. But the next day we had chili and we had some leftover, which we'd put in the, uh, the freezer or the, yeah. the, the, the cooler, yeah. freezer, cooler, same thing. And we added those to the chili. So it was just a heat up of those and all that heated up so fast as opposed to having to cook it all. Yeah. And yeah, so that's what we're thinking. You know what? If we cook stuff ahead of time and freeze it, then all we got to do is thaw it out and reheat it, mm-hmm. right? And that saves yeah. so much time. It's so much faster to reheat something than cook something. Oh, and absolutely. Yeah. Do the one pot cooking over the stove, yep. that sort of stuff. Especially cause you don't want to be sticking your hands in, in water while it's in the middle of winter and, yeah, you know, that sort of thing. Um, leaving the pot of water on the cooking tray is... Uh, something I've learned to do because it stays near boiling at all times. And then a new, couple new tent peg methods. Okay. Uh, Cause I use the 10, 10 inch steel <laughs> landscape spikes. Okay. And so, I mean, they go in the frozen ice and ground pretty good. Mm-hmm. Just hammer them in there sort of thing. Problem is getting them back out. Yep. So one of the, the uh, on one of the Facebook groups, Winter Camping Adventures. Uh, if you're into winter camping, check out Winter Camping Adventures. It's a great Facebook group. Uh, one of the guys, Rob Griswold, he said he welds a piece of 3-8 chain link about 3 inches from the top of one of these spikes. He uses 8 to 10 inch spikes. Yep. That way he doesn't hammer the spikes too deep into the ground. And I'm wondering if maybe that was part of my problem is that I'm hammering them too far into the ground mm-hmm. or into the ice, whatever. This way, he just doesn't hammer the spike too far into the ground, and allows him to insert a spike into the link to twist it loose.
1: Oh, okay. right. So
0: he sticks a spike into that loop, and yeah. and he sort of just twists it around, right? Mm-hmm. It also, when he ties his guy wires, he uses that link as a loop, yeah, to tie his wa- his his rope, yeah, right. His guy lo- his guy wire lo- ropes there. Uh, another one, uh, Dave Wilfong, which we know is. Um, he says he gets the screws, the camp, uh, tent peg screws, the egg yep. screws from Canadian tire and he uses those. Cause that way they just twist in and then mm-hmm. twist back out. So I think I'm going to try, I'm going to try the, don't nail them in so far. And, yeah. uh, I know a guy that does some welding. If I'm going to see if he can maybe weld up a bunch of those for me. And, uh, with the chain link, I'll get him some chain mm-hmm. link and that and just say, you know what, just put them three inches from the top. Yeah. They don't have to be exact, but weld them on they're really good for me so I'll give those ones a whirl as well.
1: What I find that works for me and it has worked for me in the past is I, I, I've bought a bunch of these army surplus they're uh, they're like an angle iron but they're come to a point and I, when I like car camping I p- pound them into the ground but when I want to get them out I try to pound them a little bit further in the ground it breaks them free so that they wiggle free and pull out yeah. So instead of just trying to tug and pull, you just hammer it in another couple of millimeters and then it breaks it free of the ice. Another thing that I found works is, uh, you just take, and it, this works better in the backcountry is you either take a stick or one of those tent pegs and you lay it flat in the snow and you bury it in the snow, let it sit for a little bit and then it sets up and then it's anchored. And then, then you just got to break it free of the, uh, the newly formed icy snow is it uh, and usually that works unless it gets little. If it gets too warm, then it, the, your guy lines will will loosen and get yeah. a little bit of slack. But for the most part, if the temperature stays, you know, like in the minus temperatures, then it, they they won't break free, right? Yeah. So either using a stick and you you, pa- you pack the snow around the stick, you know, you got the rope around the stick at first, and yeah. Bury it, pack it, sets up in about ten minutes and then it it's it's anchored right you you don't you don't you just have to dig out snow instead of trying to break something free of ice
0: yeah i've done the um tap it down and then try to pull it out mm-hmm. and it didn't seem to work same with I vice grips oh I'll get a pair of vice grips yeah, yeah. That, that never worked for me either yeah uh, they either slide around or they just mm-hmm. slip out they just will not pull out yeah so usually my method right now is um Hammer it so it be- the nail bends and then you spin it <laughs> yeah. and then it pretty much comes out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At 80 cents a piece. Yeah, yeah. I'll you, just replace those yeah, all day. Exactly. And then I'll take them back to my, my shop and I'll hammer them straight and hammer again. Hammer them straight again, exactly. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. whatever. It, it, it works. But yeah, I'm going to try out this. I'm going to see if my buddy can uh, uh, weld on some uh, chain link there for me mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll give that one a whirl. Uh, thanks to Rob Griswold for that little tip. Um, Other than that, you know what? It was a great time. Tracy enjoyed herself. She learned a whole bunch about winter camping and uh, she's more than happy to give it another whirl. So we'll be doing that in February. We'll go up for another three, four days and uh, see what happens. So let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to talk about inflatable kayaks. Be right back.
1: Hi, this is Derek Sparst. You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. If you like what you've been hearing, you can find out more by checking us out at PaddlingAdventuresRadio.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page for our website, where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. We love to hear from our listeners, so if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion
0: of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Welcome back. So I want to talk about, um, do, 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 do inflatable kayaks? Yes. I was doing some look because I, I was, I would look at the alpaca and the, uh, like the different types of pack rafts, rafts that are yes. out there. And I'm thinking something small that I can go back country, packs up small sort of thing.
1: Yeah. And we, in the varying types that we've been looking at over the past couple of years doing this, uh, podcast is, uh, what there's, uh, the folding ones, the inflatable ones, and, I'm I'm never really convinced which way is the better way to go. I guess it's really depends on how you're going to use it. Yes. So it's one of those things you might need like four of them. Four or five. <laughs> yeah. You might have to get a
0: whole bunch of them. Yes. A fleet, a fleet, <laughs> the fleet of, of rafts. So we were looking at, like I say, the pelli and the Alpaca pack yep. rafts and stuff like that. And those are rolled down really nice and stuff like that, but they look weird. Um, for if you're, if you're just, yeah, those are, are, I think they have their purpose and their time and place, stuff like that. But I got into looking at inflatable kayaks and I came across the Advanced Elements Inflatable Kayak, the Straight Edge. Now this one is, it's a sit on top self bailing inflatable kayak and it has aluminum rib frames on the bow and stern to, it helps improve the tracking on open water. So it is a uh, the hull design is similar to a hard shell sit on top kayak, and you can use this in flat water uh moderate to fast moving rivers like class three up to class three rapids and this is a yeah a big inflatable kayak. What I like about it is the way it looks um the way you sit in it and, and the gear that you can take and all that sort of thing. There's, there's, there's photos of it. You go to advancedelements.com. They have different, uh, categories on their site for kayaks and, you know, stuff like that. And there's the, um, oh, what do they call them? The crossbreed ones.
1: Uh, the crossover. The cross, cross, crossover. Crossover inflatables, That's yes. it. Yeah. Uh,
0: so yeah, you get one of the crossover ones and then they've got these ones listed And this one here is going for about $700 US, Mm -hmm. right? It's the AE 1006. It's nine feet, eight inches long, 35 inches wide, and only weighs about 34 pounds. That's pretty good. That is fairly decent. Uh, Holds 300 pounds by person and gear. And... Uh, folds down to thirty by seventeen by ten. Which is
1: that's that's pretty compact. That's, that's pretty that's compact. Yeah. So at thirty five pounds and those dimensions, that's easily if you're going on vacation somewhere and you're bringing that, you could you pack it on the plane, or if you're good doing some remote backcountry camping and and you want to uh, if you're going in by uh, like float plane or something like that, that's easily packed in. And one of the common issues with Uh, fly-in trips is, uh, you know, they can only strap on one canoe onto the pontoons of the boat to get you into the backcountry. Right. So you're talking multiple trips if you're four people or more, right? Right. So uh, ideally this is what, that's where these things fit. You can either backpack into a remote area and, uh, this is, this is in your pack or you can do a remote fly-in trip, right?
0: Well, and that's why I was looking at these. Because, I mean, it looks like when you fold it up and put it in its bag, it is actually a bit smaller than a hockey bag.
1: Yes. Right? Yes.
0: And that's a big full-on um, kayak that you're looking at yes. here. It takes nothing to pump it up. I mean, We, yeah, saw it, we, it watched, we watched the video The demo there.
1: video, it's so simple and so quick. Like less than five minutes, you can be done.
0: So, we're uh, like I said, I was looking at these. I'm still tossed up in between. Do I get something like an inflatable kayak or do I get one of the pack rafts? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And I think the kayak would be more versatile, whereas the pack raft, you're looking at a river. You're looking at whitewater river going down. You're doing
1: mostly a float trip. Yeah. You're not a lot of paddling.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that's the difference is, is between the two of them mm-hmm. because you're thinking, well, it's a no brainer yeah. if you're looking for size because the, the, the pack raft is, you know, I mean, they're like five pounds, oh, rolls up and yeah. Yeah. But. If you want to be going on out into if bigger water and stuff big like water, that. You you're wanna, not doing that with that.
1: No. And and with these here, you're it, now of course there's limitations with this kind of craft, right? you like you're you're not gonna get very high speeds. The, the tracking is gonna be reduced, but they fit into a a usage keyhole, a usage slot. This is what these are for specific use, and and if if you have well, of course, if you have limited room for storage and stuff like that, then this this is perfect. This is ideal. But uh, for any uh, inland waters, coastal lakes, bays, whatever, then these kind of things. If this is what you, uh, if this is what fits the, how you're going to use it, then these are ideal, right? They're perfect. But you're not going to do a a long, you know. 10 20 day trip where you're doing a lot of flat water is just gonna gonna drive you nuts
0: yeah this is one that's gonna have a lot of like some moving water and stuff like that. And, yes. You know, or like a lot of river travel, that sort of thing with a current, right?
1: Exactly. And these are these fit into that ideally because they're rated for class one to class three water, right? Right. So they're very stable, they're good for white water. It's it's not the ideal white water kind of tripping boat, but it fits in if it's a backcountry fly in trip or whatever, right? Yeah, Not see, that I'm saying you can't use it for other, like just local coastal and stuff like that, but it's uh I, it really depends on what you need out of the watercraft. Yeah. They have this, this one
0: here, they have the same version with a couple pieces different, but th- it's a angler version of this. So for yes. fishing, yes. right? So, and they've also got a two person version of this, but they, the, you look at some of the features and like I say, it's the built in aluminum ribs. Uh, define the bow and stern and improve tracking. It set up as a self bailing in bigger waves and close ports in common cold water. Pre assembled at the factory, so it's simply unfold and inflate and attach the seat. High support, adjustable padded seat provides comfort for hours of paddling. Now, in the video, they did say there's two versions there's the seat it comes with, and there's a higher back version.
1: Yes, and I, I would, <laughs> knowing myself, I would probably go with a higher back version. I, I would as well. Just for lower back pain and stuff like that. It really yeah. depends on, on, on your weight class type thing, right? Yeah.
0: And if you're going for a week and a half or something like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah you need yeah, the higher the back. back support that. Yeah. yeah. Heavy duty PVC tarpaulin material for extreme puncture resistance. And they talk about their, their advanced element spring valve systems, pressure relief valves in the floor, rod holders, And what else they got here? Bungee deck lacing. They're big on the self-bailing ports. Thigh-strap compatible D-rings. When you buy this, you get a carry duffel bag, a repair kit, folding seat, owner's manual, and rod holders. (laughs) So that works out. But the reason I was coming across this one is when we're talking about like Banks Island and stuff like that, and this is exactly where you you get the big canoes going in. Well, again, you can only fit so many canoes on. So all of a sudden you need, if you're going to get a few people going, you got a a flight with people, you got a flight with canoes and that adds up fast.
1: Well, and not just that, it's um, when you're booking, like for example, Banks Island, you're going to be reserving canoes that are local to the outfitter. So you're not sure what you're getting. You're not going to be assured how they're outfitted and it's, it's a risk, right? And you're not making any guarantees, but with this here, you, you, you own this craft, you pick it up at home and you fly it with you and all the way right to the end point. Right. So you have your, your watercraft that you're used to, that, you know, and you can bring it all the way in.
0: Well, and if you're looking at, like I say at 34 pounds, if there's four people going on this trip. Yep. That's four 34 pound bags. Yep. With four people. Yep. And then, I don't know, what would you say weight for gear, like 50 pounds each? Yeah, 15, for weight, 50, right?
1: 60 pounds of, of gear. So, you know what, a good good
0: uh, plane taking you in, a big float plane taking the four of you in with your gear. Yeah.
1: It's doable. It's four people, each person has about 100, 110 pounds of gear and... And yeah, it's, it's super easy to calculate that weight. And, you know, with a lot of the, uh, with a lot of these, uh, custom flights going in like that, they are very, they're very conscious of the weight that they carry, right? Yeah. So they, you know, they, they're measuring the pounds of the fuel that they're put on board and stuff like that. Right. So it's, if you can assure them what your, your pack weight is and what your weight is, then it's easier for them to plan their, the, the fly in. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So that's why I was looking at these things and I think, yeah, you know what? Like you can get the, the pack rafts and stuff like that or the ones that you assemble up there. They, they have those as well. Yeah. But this one here, yeah, you can use, if you're going to pay the money, then you might as well get yourself something like this and Mm -hmm. you can use it, uh, more than just on that one trip.
1: Well, it's just so convenient to be taken into these remote areas. It, you know what? It really is. So I was looking
0: at, uh, you know, and if you wanted to sort of keep it in the same sort of vein as, as, as the pack, as the, uh, inflatable kayak bag, they have these kayak packs and stuff and they go down to like 38 and a half inches long, 18 inches high, 12 inches wide. And they're only 59.2 ounces. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you get, you get all your gear into that and that's perfect.
1: Well, what's nice about the weight of the pack itself is, uh, once you unpack your boat, you don't need that packing until the end of the trip. So you don't need some huge, humongous pack. It, it could end up becoming just a spare pack yeah. for for your gear and, and whatever. So it's it, that's nice that it's it's it folds up small when it's empty. It's lightweight. So because it, it's empty weight, that you it's useless weight carrying for the rest of the trip.
0: Well, and this is if if you wanted to split your gear up. To yeah, distribute exactly. the weight yeah. among along your yeah. canoe. You've got this, that pack as well, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now there's other brands that have flatable sea kayaks as well, like Sea Eagle, Intex, NRS, uh, uh, Cephalor, just to name a few. Uh, but they they all have uh, different things that, you know, everybody's got their own little, oh, well, our kayak does this, I exactly, kayak does yeah. that. Making I,
1: themselves stand out against competition.
0: Yeah, but I do like this straight edge kayak from Advanced Elements. It looks pretty cool and I think it would definitely do the job. Uh, we watched the video. There's a video on their site. Again, if you go to advancedelements.com, there's a video uh, of the, them putting one of these things together and it four, four and a half minutes. Yeah. It's pretty From folding it out to putting it in the water and you're just attaching the pump and boom, 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 boom. You got the two sides that fill up. You got the floor that fills up and you got the, uh, the bags on each end that fill up. Mm -hmm. Right. The flotation bags on both ends. So five cells that you got to fill up. And it's only one to two and a half pounds of pressure that uh, you put in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like not so,
1: and that's so easy with those with these high volume foot pumps or the high volume hand pumps. It, it's like just a, a minute for, per chamber type mm-hmm. thing, right? So it's it's really really quick.
0: So that was that was pretty cool. So go check those out. They're, like I say, there's there's a lot of other brands, but I'm thinking if again if if space is is limited and you want to go on some of these interior trips. This might be something to actually, to look into is one of these, uh, inflatable kayaks.
1: Yeah, it would be ideal. I'm thinking in the back of my head, it'd be ideal if you, if you are a, an RV camper or if you're doing longer trips like that, you just pack it away and pull it. You don't have to worry about having special racks on your vehicle or special racks on a trailer and and stuff like that. This is something that you could quickly inflate, put together and, and on a, on a normal camping trip with a family type thing.
0: Yeah, or even just, you know what, if you're crossing the country or going on drives whatever north, yeah you, you fly- have it in your truck or something exactly. like that, and you're, oh, you know what, that's a pretty cool-looking river. Yeah, opportunity. Pull on knocks, over. Let's take, yeah. There you go, right? And you know where a good place to be looking for one of these would be?
1: <laughs> where? At the Toronto Outdoor Adventure Show. I wonder if they're going to have them, because this is a very new, this is a, these uh, this brand is fairly still recent, so I wonder if they'll be there. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe
0: we'll take a peek. Yes. Because you know what? You know you know where the Toronto Adventure Outdoor Show is listed? On our paddling events and shows list. <laughs> yes.
1: Why don't you go through that? <laughs> yes. So um, upcoming uh, paddling events and shows. So this is something we do this this time of year. It's uh, all the outdoor shows line up in the winter and early spring. So... Uh, I guess this is a good chance to start listing them off again. Uh, It's that time of year again.
0: Yeah. So whatever you didn't get for Christmas, (laughs) make a list, start checking some of these things out.
1: So we have the Toronto Outdoor and Adventure Show. That's February 22nd to 24th at the International Centre. The Wilderness and Canoe Symposium, February 22nd, 23rd in Toronto. The Quiet Water Symposium, March 2nd, Michigan State University in East Lansing, Michigan. Canoe Copia, March 8th through 10th, Alliant Energy Centre in Madison, Wisconsin. And the Ontario Backcountry Canoe Symposium, April 13th, Theatre of the Arts at the University of Waterloo.
0: So we are going to be, well, we're going to be wandering around the Toronto Outdoor Adventure Show. You're we're going, going to, to
1: that. be at... Uh, Three or four of these events. One, two, two uh, three at least. Three, yep.
0: Yeah. The Toronto Outdoor Adventure Show, I always go wander around there yeah. and I chat with people. That's a and different yeah. You see what's out there, new gear, stuff yeah. like that. Check it all out. Uh, that that's a, that's a fun time going and seeing all that. The Wilderness and Canoe Symposium is the same weekend, unfortunately. It always is. Yeah. And it's like, uh, oh, man. Because I, I, I can do Saturday.
1: <laughs> so which one do I do? It's exactly. A, if you could do two days, then it'd be fine. But yeah, if you tend to only make up to one of them.
0: That's the one. March 2nd, the Quiet Water Symposium, we will be there. We've actually got a table there that we've, we're doing some interviews and stuff like that this year. Yeah. So we'll both be down for that one. That's in, uh, yeah, that's in East Lansing, Michigan. Uh, and Canoe Copia, as much as I like to go to that. We keep talking about going Yeah. one of these years. Getting shot down on that one again. But our roving reporter may be there.
2: Oh, there you go. <laughs> <Our> <laughs>
0: Ontario Backcountry Canoe Symposium, we're a, a sponsor, so we'll definitely be there. We'll have a table set up. And um, Speaking of that one. Yes. Because I always think about us being recognized first at that one. Okay. When I was up camping at Mew Lake, I had probably eight people come up and, hey, Sean, listen to your podcast. People I had never met before. Oh yeah, yeah. So there's people. It's out always there. a little freaky, eh? It is a freaky. <laughs> hey, Sean! Oh, do I owe you money? <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. So the Ontario Backcountry Canoe Symposium in April will be uh, will be there because we're we'll responsible. We'll be at a table, come up and say hi, and grab a sticker and that sort of stuff. Yeah, because we got stickers to give away. Oh yeah, that was that was cool. And uh, yeah, there's other other things coming up too. We'll start getting those. That I, I still want to get to that one in Nuremberg, Germany. Oh, the big, the big one. Expo.
1: Yeah, the biggest yeah. one in world. I think it's the biggest in the world, isn't it? The biggest event, outdoor event.
0: I think it rivals Canucopia. Yeah. Yeah, but I think it's like I think it's like the um, uh, European version of Canucopia. Okay. Yeah, so we could hit both of them in one
1: year. <laughs> well, I do have relatives in Germany. Find out where
0: they live. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, if it's like, yeah, I got friends in Thunder Bay. If you're coming to visit Toronto, that really doesn't help. Doesn't work. It doesn't help. So, but if it's like, hey, we got friends in yeah Germany and it's friends like. Friends in low places. Yeah. Like we got friends in Newmarket if you're going to Toronto. Well, that's exactly. totally different, yeah. you know? <laughs> so start walking. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, find out where they live and maybe we'll hit the, yeah. little, the paddle expo. Cause we've got people, a lot of people over there that uh, do comment and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: So. so it would be nice to actually do a road trip like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Head over there and let people know we're coming and mm-hmm. hook up and have yeah. a little chit chat, that sort of thing. So that'll be cool. In the meantime, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you go to f- Facebook, you'll see the video I posted of the haunted sausages. Yes.
2: So go, go there and check out the
0: haunted sausages. They're agitated. Yes. <laughs> the agitated sausages. My, my Model T Ford sausages. <laughs> You can find all our podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Player FM, Google Play, and the Paddling Adventures Radio episode page. There's a little tab at the top that says
2: episodes.
0: (laughs) And if you Google Paddling Adventures Radio, a whole hockey sock full of other places show up too. So people are putting them there and we don't even know they're there. We're everywhere. So I'd like to thank everybody for listening this week. A big happy new year. Hope everybody has a great 2019. And uh, hope you keep on listening. So from me, it's uh, thank you for listening.
1: And from me, I'll see you next time. Threw you off, didn't I? (laughs) Yes, you threw me (laughs) off. (laughs) Thanks for listening.